Hey everyone, welcome to episode 135 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina with a special focus on the SCG Tour. We are your hosts, I'm Chris Caster-Apple, with me as always, Collins Mullen. Hey Collins. What's up Chris? Not much, how was regionals? It was fun. Yep. I followed through with my prediction mm-hmm. of I'm going to be testing Breach all week, and as a fail state, yep. as a backup, I'm going to register Death Shadow. We really, yeah. <laughs> Really just went from, like, one end zone to the other. We Yeah, we really did. So, I yeah, I ended up playing Jund Death Shadow. Mm-hmm. This was the all-in version with Swift Spears, Teamer Battle Rage, Become Mints, just really trying to right. get him dead. So, Thoughtseize is kind of the only interaction. Most of the removal is replaced by pump spells, and yeah. yeah. That should clue everybody in on the fact that i did not play breach mm-hmm. i did not think it was that good yep. at the end of my testing period but i definitely learned a lot of lessons playing it one of which was mainly about just how overexcited people can get based on no hype. kidding <laughs> i and you were not and i yeah we were you guys weren't wrong when you were like yeah i don't think breach is quite there if you look at the regionals results mm-hmm. it did you know, yeah, we didn't have breach sweeping regionals or anything like that. Nope. We had it barely performing at regionals. Yeah. Shaheen did win. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, one result in its favor. Yep. But at the same tournament, Corey Baumeister also played breach and won for it. Yep. So. He gave me my grinding stations back after round five. So, <laughs> yeah. So I feel good about my, my preparation in terms of like learning. Like it was, you know, it was certainly sad that. You know, the deck didn't perform. I was, I was very excited about it, but it was cool that I was able to, like, have a pretty solid fallback plan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, flipping through, you know, just all of the regionals results, Shaheen's finish is basically mm-hmm. the only Breach top eight. Yeah. So pretty just kind of, like, Breach arrived and then hit the scene like a like a limp noodle. Like, it's just not... <laughs> nice. Yeah, Breach has been, it's, aside from Legacy, mm-hmm. been doing that to a lot of formats, it feels like, where, like, Pioneer, like, it, it was the best deck for the Pro Tour, mm-hmm. like, kind of. You know, certainly the most hyped deck for the Pro Tour. And only the best and... deck for one of the three Pro Tours. Yeah, exactly. And then after that, people were just like, I guess I'll play some Dampic Spheres, and then when people are doing that, your deck is unplayable yeah i mean we've seen this a lot where the combo deck is only the best deck if it can transition away from its like primary game plan and all of those weaknesses in some way yeah kci was only the best deck because you could just board in size Mm -hmm. and then value your opponent out of the game with against any number of like rest in pieces and stony silences and stuff the breach deck and legacy one of the reasons that it's so good is that the board plan is take out three of your breaches and all but one of your lion's eye diamonds. And yep. it's able to play like this value-y, control-y game plan with a combo finish because if you are able to get rid of their hate, it only takes those two cards to win the game. Neither the breach deck in Pioneer nor the breach deck in Modern are able to fully transition away from that game plan. Like you really right. maintain your vulnerabilities regardless of post-board composition. Yeah, for sure. It is pretty easy to interact with as long as you like have some element of interaction mm-hmm. and a clock. Like that combo is just a nightmare. Yep. So that's not that's not where you want your broken combacks to combo decks to be. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just not there quite yet. I mean Underworld Breach is still an immensely powerful card mm-hmm. that you know, gotta keep an eye on at least. Yep. Like in Pioneer, as soon as the inverter decks start like taking the damping spheres out of their sideboards <laughs> and i guess they're not going to go down on narsets because that card's so good in the mirror but yeah. you know once the the sideboard hate dies down a little bit then the format will be primed for breach to sort of you know have a good tournament or two mm-hmm. but yeah it's just not not the boogeyman no certainly not i guess the, the the order that makes the most sense is talk a little bit about like plan modern and regionals and then talk about the band announcement that we got yeah and then what we expect to happen to modern going forward yeah that makes sense so it seemed like amulet just had a really strong weekend at regionals surprise surprise <laughs> you know i keep I, it's so frustrating i kept hearing about how like all right, it, it's like getting to be about that time to put Amulet away. Like mm-hmm. people are ready for it and stuff. But the, 
like it just wasn't true no yeah i mean amulet has at this point proven its resiliency to like it amulet is the combo deck that is resilient to the hate mm-hmm. um in the format like it can fight through blood moon it can fight through damping sphere it just fights through all these things pretty respectably uh it has a, a a large diversity of you know ways that it can win the game you know just like anytime you're going late you're like pretty happy because you have field of the dead sure and then you know you can blitz people out you have excellent plans against other combo decks right you even, just have all even without covered. primeval titan if you draw dryad and then like transmute for a valakut and then yeah. make land drops to to bolt their guys like that's a plan yeah if you just like click through the regionals results most of these have at least an amulet titan or four in the top eight. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Some of them it like kind of missed, but there's at least some sort of titan deck there. And definitely the most represented deck mm-hmm. among these top eights. Yep. But perhaps not so going forward. Once Upon a Time was banned. Yeah. That is definitely going to have a hit on titan. Mm-hmm. However... You can still easily build the deck without Once Upon a Time. It we existed before it. Definitely did before. I think now people are just going to replace that card with Ancient Stirrings. Right, which didn't make the cut. Like, the deck really... was so good yeah. that we weren't putting Ancient Stirrings in. Right. The card that a year ago everybody was like, we should probably be on Ancient Stirrings, right? Yeah. And it just got cut from the deck. Yeah, just completely. So, Amulet saw has plenty of tools to exist. Yeah. Like, if we're cutting Ancient Stirrings, a card that has been in Band talk like like topics of conversation in the past mm-hmm. they can easily you know i i trust the amulet yeah masterminds to figure out the best way to build it now without yeah upon a time. and i mean like ancient strings does play a different role mm-hmm. in the deck yeah where once upon a time makes you more likely to have the right lands and also have a payoff of some sort it digs you towards either dryad or titan Azusa or Azusa right. if you that's just had you your need. your eight ramp creatures that you could hit with it so. right and the things that stirrings gets is a little more narrow it does make you more likely to have the amulet mm-hmm. but one of the strengths of the deck at the you know of the current builds is that amulet is just it's a nice thing to have and certainly makes your board presence scarier and the potential for what you can do way more terrifying but you can easily win games without an amulet in yeah. play yeah definitely it'll be We'll see how that changes sort of the dynamic of the deck. If it, if Ancient Stirring's giving it more consistent access to Amulet and less consistent access to, like, the creature payoffs, if that makes it lean more towards a combo-y sort of thing, or if it's just kind of, like, subbed one for one and used as a consistency enabler that enables a slightly different type of draw to be your more consistent draw. Yeah. But yeah. I, I just... Once Upon a Time is going to have... The ban is going to have a huge impact on the format, and mm-hmm. it's going to have a way bigger impact on non-amulet decks <laughs> right. than on amulet decks. Yeah, yeah. amulet's still going to exist, but a lot of the other decks lost it as well. You know, you played a druid Heliod strategy. That, yep. I feel like that's a much bigger loss for your, your deck. I'm just not interested in playing that deck anymore. Yeah. You were um, mostly, it sounds like, playing it because it was one of the better Once Upon a Time decks. Is that, is yeah. that not right? Oh, yeah. Right. No, absolutely. Once Upon a Time, like the two things that made the deck work, I've never been interested in playing one of these creature combo decks before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the current format, with a pretty decreased level of removal, you know, just like Titan decks being the number <laughs> one played deck, Sure. you know, that makes it more attractive to play a Druid-based deck. But the things within the deck that made it attractive were... Number one, that you finally have like a two-card combo that you can hit off of Collected Company. So, yeah. you know, you you company, you hit one piece and that lets you like figure out wh- how, you know, what other piece to get, where you're digging, that sort of thing. Or you just company and hit two pieces and win, which is a thing that happened a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, once upon a time, making it so consistent, you know, there are only six one mana mana dorks in the deck. But I felt like I started a lot of games with mm-hmm. a mana dork on one. That makes sense. And without the cost of drawing it later on, because the deck has enough mana that you can cast once upon a time, and right. it's not that bad. Especially when you have so many three drops. Mm-hmm. Like, the difference between starting with a mana dork and not seems enormous. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, I did misbuild the deck for this weekend. Um, what I should have done was lean harder on druid combo, and okay. I probably should have played. I should have cut the kitchen things entirely. Um, sure. They're just... They've just been underperformers consistently, 
and gaining infinite life right now is not what it used to be it feels like yeah i think it's actually still well i mean you know this is pre-band discussion i think that that it that problem is a little overstated sure because it does still beat most of the titan decks the vast majority of the time sure and any like if you're playing a shadow deck that has less interaction you know we're about the same speed and gaining infinite life is still good gaining infinite life was very good against all of the matchups that i played except for the tron matchup that i played Mm. i just ran into some shenanigans that made my (laughs) my weekend not go super smoothly i see um but it is true that when you do play against a deck that doesn't care about infinite life your matchup is significantly worse yeah but generally like i just wanted to have access to two separate proactive powerful combos and i wanted to enable them as much as possible and even if that means like you know vizier of remedies isn't a good card but i want like druid combo is very powerful yeah Um, so I messed up by not doing that. It probably cost me a little bit. Certainly made my Tron matchup much, much worse than it could be otherwise. But it was not my not my weekend anyway. So that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't really my weekend either. I so I played the Shadow deck. I ended up losing to Shaheen mm-hmm. as my first loss at three and zero, and then I played Dylan and lost. And then I did okay. And then I lost to a mono white taxes player which in that matchup seemed <laughs> that seems unwinnable pretty much pretty rough yeah <laughs> it's like so i'm playing my one basic land death shadow deck yeah and they're playing ghost quarters and path to exiles and i kept on drawing my swamp right <laughs> it's not a good time they don't even need <laughs> Leon and arbiter right yeah cards just, are just... they're just strip mining me yeah yeah no, that's terrible but you know it's a good time yeah, no, it's still always fun. Regionals around here is is always a great tournament. Yeah, true. We had the highest density of Star City Star points, points at our regionals. Okay, after this regionals, yeah, guess what place on the leaderboard I am in? Uh, I'm gonna guess thirty third. Thirty third. Yeah. <laughs> I really needed to pick up. Is that our seventeenth? And I didn't think you were. No, no, I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't yeah. there. Uh, but I'm definitely in 33rd place. I needed a single solitary point off okay. of this regional. I, you know, who might have stolen your slot? <laughs> this might have been me. It's very possible. Okay, because I was at 33rd going into this weekend, <laughs> and I think I picked up a couple. Yeah, like four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so sorry, Chris. Sorry, <laughs> took your buys. Can't, can't can't even use them. Can't be helped. <laughs> it is a little brutal though, because you know we had multiple like team opens when I was ranked. And, you know, don't get your buys there. And now we're going to Baltimore. And, yeah. But I just got to earn them back. It's fine. Yeah, you got this. We will talk about that as we talk about Pioneer in just a minute. But I want to talk a little more about Modern. I want to talk about Abe's deck. Oh, we have to. I was I'm glad you brought that up because we have to talk about yeah. Abe's deck. Yeah. So, okay, story time. Yes. <laughs> Abe stayed with us at the Lotus Box house uh, last week. I think it was a spring break or something. Yeah. In um, fact, he was a guest on this very podcast. He was the guest last week, so uh, that was great. We were kind of a little worried about card availability, and he had kind of just locked in playing just like whatever we had left over because um, he's not really grinding this year, so it doesn't make sense for him to really go push for SG points as much. So he's like, yeah, whatever, I'll just, you know, I'll have everybody test and then, you know, whatever decks we have left over. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, for local events, it's harder to get everything together. It is. So we were testing Shadow and Breach a lot and all this other stuff. And then the night before, I was like, Abe, do you want to jam a a league with uh, Stoneblade? Because mm-hmm. that was kind of like one deck that we were just kind of incidentally going to have the cards for that we thought might be pretty good, but nobody had really tested. Path to Exile in, in particular yeah. like has been, it, it's the best removal spell in the format right now. Right. Yeah, and that, you know, and I was really impressed with this deck because, like, the Interaction Suite seemed really good, Cryptic Command seemed pretty good, mm-hmm. Mystic Sanctuary was great. Um, it played one Uro in the deck. Yeah. And we played a league and we, like, 2 3 It was really bad. And Abe was like, man, I don't want to play Stoneforge Mystic. Let's get this card out of my deck. I just want to put, like, Thought Scours in my deck, play four Uro... <laughs> play like three mystic sanctuaries and mm-hmm. i was like whatever abe you, you, you go do your thing and then i went like i like went to sleep <laughs> and the, during this time at like at midnight on friday night before the tournament abe just like goes in the tank builds this monstrosity <laughs> and comes out on the other end with this like four color 
control. Renin 6, Cryptic Command. Yeah, so so the deck is... there. Are, okay, there are six cards in the deck that do not say draw a card on them. <laughs> and those six cards are four Path to Exile, one Mana Drain... Mana Leak. One Mana Leak. And, and one Detention Sphere. Mm-hmm. And every every single other card in this deck draws a card. Right, so we've got Astrolabes, Ice Fang Quaddles, Archmage's Charms, Cryptic Commands, Uros, Renin 6. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm counting Renin 6 as drawing a card because yeah. he has the cycle lands in his deck as mm-hmm. well. <laughs> Gotta get him in. Gotta get the value. <laughs> yeah, so we just... And the deck, honestly magnificent he like easily top top eights regionals with it the next day mm-hmm. i just like i constantly keep on like coming up to him and watching him just smash people with well, this deck yeah and i think the main thing was you know like zan had been playing a deck that was not very different from this he was mm-hmm. like having a lot of fun playing teamer uro just yeah. Brendan six the blue spells mm-hmm. lightning bolts yeah and the main difference here is that Abe was just like lightning bolt sucks I'm just going to play Path instead. Right. We can't make white mana, but we put in a couple of shock lands and we put in these astrolabes and then our mana is perfect. Right. It's fine. And Path is just, especially in that kind of deck, it's just so much better than Lightning Bolt. Path to Exile. You get to play Teferis. Mm -hmm. Um, You just get to play all these busted cards right now. Yeah. So the basic premise behind the deck is that like, the, the fact, like, I keep on joking about the fact that every card draws a card, but it's really important in mm-hmm. this deck. Because the entire plan for this deck is that you are a four Cryptic Command, three Mystic Sanctuary deck. Mm-hmm. Your whole plan revolves around being able to Cryptic Lock your opponent as soon as you can. Yeah. And it happens pretty quickly, where if you just have any recursive draw card, yep. your opponent is just locked out of the game under a cryptic command. Because you can cryptic bounce your sanctuary and then draw an extra card. If you can draw an extra card in that turn cycle, right. that's it. And you have a million ways of doing it. Uro you, is like the cleanest way. Uro is the cleanest way. You, you resolve an Uro and pass with cryptic command up, it's over. <laughs> and you can also run in six with a cycle land. Mm-hmm. You can also, you know, you can do all this stuff. And Uro honestly works really, really well in the deck because I like every time I like was watching one of Abe's games, he just had a million lands in play, mm-hmm. and that's just a product of Uro plus Ren and Six. Mm-hmm. You just drawing all these lands, putting them into play faster with Uro. It just worked really well together. Yeah, it. I think it was is like m- more of a control deck with a combo finish because of the fact that you can create this board state that sure. is just like unlosable. Yeah. So I thought it was really cool how he was able to kind of like design this like working machine so well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it paid off and yeah. like did it. It's it's kind of crazy, but like here's an answer deck in modern. Yeah. That, you know, is functional in right. a format that had a lot of really powerful threats, mm-hmm. especially like grinding out Titan decks can be really, really difficult. It can be. Yeah. But he had plans for that. Right. Yeah, I mean, you like you can still beat the Titan decks with the Cryptic Lock. Yeah, so. especially the non-amulet decks. Yeah, like you can just right. lock down their combat step. Mm-hmm. Ghost Quarter is kind of annoying because mm-hmm. they can Ghost Quarter your Sanctuary when you target it. Yeah, and then Pact of Negation is right. also kind of annoying. But you know, if you can maneuver your way around those, um, and you certainly can, uh, you know, you can you can tussle in a long game right with amulet. And and sometimes it's just a matter of having two Cryptic commands, and then they you're they're hard locked out of the game. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so honestly, like, just really impressed with, like, Abe just going into the tank at midnight and mm-hmm. coming out with this thing. And and I am going to probably be testing this, like, next time I need to pick up Modern. It's not a it's not a Once Upon a Time deck. You still have all of your goodies yeah. in there. So I, I think I want to try to get a copy of it together for this weekend, just in case I don't day two. Because okay. I think the Edge playing that deck in Modern is going to be greater than the Edge playing one of the Pioneer decks at nice. the Pioneer Open. Yeah, in the classic. Although I guess you know you go to the classic and it's everybody who didn't day two the open, so it's fine. Yeah, but yeah, I I definitely think we should and can get a copy together. I mean, yeah. you know, most of Abe's deck is still on our table downstairs, so I think it would be good to have a copy with us for whoever wants to play it. So. Yeah. The one thing that he recommended that I don't know if people know about is so he played two Leyline of the Voids in his sideboard. Mm-hmm. That was just because he couldn't find the card he really wanted to play, which was the Wheel of Sun and Moon. Oh. And that card seems great in any sort of like mirror like Uro mirror match mm-hmm. because it's it's like a it's like a one-sided effect. So it's like Leyline, 
but you can cast it, you can draw it late, and it's still going to be right. Good. And when all of your cards draw a card, mm-hmm. having ley lines in your deck that you oh, can yeah, cast it's pretty is bad. not great. <laughs> you can cast yeah, it kind of easily, two, though. Two <laughs> astrolabes, but, but it's rare that you can just, like, play a four-mana spell on your main phase. Right, 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 right. In, in sure. like, the Cryptic Command Mirror. Yeah. All right, so Once Upon a Time ban. It, it's really interesting what Once Upon a Time did to Modern. Yeah, it certainly made Amulet like helped was one of the like four printings in the past couple of months that helped bring it to a, a completely different level. But it also just enabled a bunch of decks to exist that I don't think are remotely playable mm-hmm. otherwise. Yeah, um, I'm thinking in particular, I mean, you know, the the creature combo decks, the Heliod based or the Heliod decks, Druid decks, whatever. It gave them a level of consistency and the ability to build your deck in like non-horrible ways. You don't have to have eight mana dorks or whatever. That that helped that deck exist in a way that I don't think it can otherwise. Uh, the Ponza decks or whatever they actually are, but the four Magus like Arbor Elf decks. <laughs> yeah. And whatever other cards. Certainly a Once Upon a Time deck. Yeah. yeah. And, and without Once Upon a Time, the, like I don't think those decks are playable i don't think yeah they the consistency tanks yeah it's kind of crazy yep so um even eldrazi tron mm-hmm. probably <laughs> goes back to you know there were a couple of reasons that eldrazi tron was good one was preying yeah. on breach and yeah 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 the other was once upon a time helps you get those busted opening hands that's just not how it works anymore and probably not that i was going to play eldrazi tron but probably would not be able to recommend that going forward yeah Absolutely. So what do we think happens here? So moving forward in modern, it's, you know, honestly, it's really tough. I think that the format is going to be allowed to get a little more mid rangey. Mm-hmm. I think that Jund is actually kind of like a little bit more reasonable. But honestly, I think that if people are playing Abe's deck, mm-hmm. Jund will not have a spot because uh, Jund just cannot beat a Uro to save its life. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. So it either needs to figure out something else there or... Because like if you're playing Kroxa, like that's fine, but your Kroxa does not go toe-to-toe with the Uro. No, and you can't play nearly as many Kroxas, both because you just can't put as many into your deck mm-hmm. and also because you don't go through your deck the way that the Uro decks go through yeah. their deck to find the Uro and to fuel it. Yeah. So Yeah, it's really tough to say where the format's going to go from here because... We were already kind of, like, struggling to find out what was good. You know, now, like, the decks that we were like, okay, these are probably good, they all have Once Upon a Time in them. So mm-hmm. they're just kind of gone. Yeah. And for it, I think the Amulet's still going to be a player. I, I'm really excited about Abe's deck, kind of, like, the hive mind getting its hands on Abe's deck and making right. it better. You're well, probably just... not going to need to play Shadow of Doubts anymore, so you get That's some slots to mess with. Right, but just mid-range Uro decks in general. There's something there. Yeah. Yeah. A mid-range Uro deck will break out mm-hmm. at some point. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, I guess, I don't know what combo decks can still exist. You know, because, like, the consistency of these creature-based decks that beat up on combo decks. Like, I think the Ponza decks and Eldrazi and even, like, Heliot. Like, these Once Upon a Time creature decks just, like, push the combo decks out because they're just faster than them. And if not, neither of you are interacting and you you get the consistency of Once Upon a Time... Like, you're just a better deck than, like, Nauseam or whatever. So those might have more of a chance, because casting Serum Visions is not embarrassing anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, I can see that. Just like Gift Storm. I mean, like that. yeah, Caleb won his regionals with Gift Storm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it wasn't totally dead, but... <laughs> <clears throat> True, yeah. But, you know, it's Caleb. And right. he's going to play that deck, and he's going to do it really, really well. So who knows really what's going on in the format. Yeah. But... <laughs> we will see i do have to say and i tweeted about this some so if you pay attention to me on twitter you already saw this i really hope that wizards philosophy of pushing these sets does not last very much longer sure it is really frustrating to have a bunch of banned cards that i have to like take out of my standard box and put in the modern box and then take out of the modern box and just like put away (laughs) yeah forever (laughs) right you know, like, I don't get to not buy Okos or not buy Once Upon a Times Yeah, if I want to play, like, I, I, I have to have my decks and I have to play the deck that I think is the best deck for me to play on a weekend. Yeah. And that it just, like, removes a lot of confidence in 
it felt wasteful to buy Okos. Yeah. Because I knew it was going like to Like when banned. you were buying them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. And, and I mean, I don't regret it. Like all of my Okos got used every weekend. Yeah. And yeah. that was fine. Right. But, you know, now they're they're like $10 a piece. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I, I wish I had a better solution for that, but there, it's just like, there just isn't. They have to change their philosophy. They yeah. their 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 philosophy can't be push cards and then ban the ones that are too good mm-hmm. because that just like means that this is going to happen every set. Right, and it's whatever that like fire philosophy that they they've named it is, and it's just. <laughs> Is that real? They, have they named it something yes. kind of crazy like yeah, that? Yeah, and it's like the things that they want to have, like something, I know the E, not, maybe the E stands for exciting or something, but basically it's like, we want like cool flashy cards that like excite people. Sure. But that doesn't mean that you print Underworld Breach or you print once upon, like a free cantrip or you don't test Oko after <laughs> changing around its loyalty numbers. Yeah, you just... Make it a plus one. It's just like how does how does Once Upon a Time get out the door? Like that is irresponsible. Sure. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. So hopefully that philosophy does not remain in place for very much longer because it's kind of exhausting. And honestly, like I also have the the three decks that I spent a lot of time on in modern over the past you know six months, mm-hmm. almost a year, uh, spent a lot of time on Phoenix. Yep. And got to the point where, like, I felt like I could keep up with anybody playing Phoenix. Yep. And I had, you know, I felt very comfortable. Like, I'd never had to write down a sideboard guard because I knew what cards were bad and what cards were good. And, like, what packages could get side- Like, I knew how to play this deck. That deck got banned. Um, spent a lot of time on Urza. Was behind people for a long time because, like, you guys were on that ball before I was. And I had to catch up. <laughs> very but early, then, yeah. last couple of tournaments, like, I felt comfortable enough that like i played my own build of urza that i you know made card choices with i felt like i got rewarded for those card choices obviously that deck was going to get banned Mm -hmm. but i spent a lot of time yeah feeling comfortable with that deck this time i spent a lot of time like getting comfortable with this heliod deck didn't quite get there yet obviously like took a bad build to this last tournament and stuff and had work to do but was getting pretty comfortable at least with play patterns and stuff and that deck got banned too so like the three decks in modern that <laughs> i spent time Chris. on well and, and but that's like the risk of playing magic now yeah. is like you pick a good deck and you spend a bunch of time on it like because it was one of the good yep. decks can play forever it's probably gonna get banned at some point in yeah. modern so yeah, CCR just don't buy any arrows. Right, and that's stuff, <laughs> and that card's like fifty dollars now. And if I need it, and like, you know, it's just I don't, I don't know that this. I mean, it feels weird to say. Like, I, I was gonna say, like, I don't know that this like mid range recursive threat card gets banned in modern, but like Oko got banned in modern, and that was a life gain recursive threat card. <laughs> Yeah, but it also answered everything. So. Yeah, well, yeah, that was it. Just did everything. Yeah, it won you the game quickly. It answered all your opponent's problem. Right, permanence. Like Uro doesn't answer a grinding station at least. Right. So yeah, but that's Uro. Yep. Um, should we get into Pioneer? <laughs> we should get into Pioneer. So speaking of bans, no or bans. not bans. Uh, Dig Through Time, still legal in Pioneer. Yeah. Kind of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise. And in the announcement, they clarified, and they yeah. told us that... I, yeah, I was really happy that they, like, clarified and gave us that statistic, because mm-hmm. I was really surprised to hear that had 49% win percentage on Magic Online against non-mirrors. Yeah. So, like, you know, in my mind, Inverter was just beating everything else up. Mm-hmm. And... Well, you also... Top eight of the tournament that you took the deck to. I was beating everything else up. So <laughs> with inverter, a little bit of like <laughs> my experience, back, yeah, right? Yeah, right, sure. some sur- survivorship bias or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I you know just kind of really surprised to hear that uh, inverter was doing poorly against the field. Yeah, can we explain this? Like, is so that... yeah, I had I definitely questioned that mm-hmm. a couple of times. I could come up with a couple of different reasons behind it. So. It's pro- and it's probably a multitude of all of these factors where, mm-hmm. number one, people are gunning for it. Yeah. It's like, very clearly a good deck. We're going to need to talk a lot about this mono-white uh, Heliod deck. Right. It had an adaptation that 
kind of crushes Inverter mm-hmm. in my mind. Gideon's intervention. Right. They're all loaded to the gills with like two main yeah. deck Gideon's interventions and three Gideon of the trials. So like, yeah. They yeah. Have if you're weapons. playing Inverter and your opponent has cards with Gideon name on it, it's <laughs> going to be really rough for you because Gideon's intervention's a problem. Gideon of the trials is a problem. Um, sometimes Gideon allies and a card just kills, kills you. you. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Yeah. You don't have any ways of stabilizing other than winning the game. So right. it's tough. But. But yeah, so I, I would imagine that one of the factors into, into this win percentage was, you know, Magic Online became really geared towards it, which I'm happy to hear is possible. Mm-hmm. Another factor, though, I think is that I think if you are like have an average pilot of the inverter deck, your your win percentage is going to tank. Mm-hmm. faster with inverter than with anything else yeah because i'm just remembering the first couple of matches that i played with inverter and the number of times i just killed myself <laughs> <laughs> casting inverter it's a really difficult deck to play yeah and you have to have a certain like understanding of this like macro game that you need to be working towards mm-hmm. and like like how you need to be very familiar with the ways in which you're going to win the game how you get to those points the ways that your opponent's going to interact with you, uh, you need to make shot calls on, like, I know that I'm, like, a 20% to be just, like, be dead with this line, mm-hmm. but yeah. you still go, going to go for that. If they have it's... Mystical Dispute, like, I right. just temp get, uh, yeah. that's too much of a tempo loss and I'm going to die. If they have, yeah, if they have this card right now, then I die versus I win right now versus, like, you know, I can jam right here, but I have to wait a turn cycle. That means my opponent could draw something. Like, mm-hmm. what can they draw? Like, those plays are really hard to get correct. And I think that your average player is not going to be able to do that nearly as well as, you know, somebody like Corey Burkhart or uh, Pete Ingram, Ingram, you know? so Or at least not until they've gotten the reps in, yeah. even if they're like a, you know, a, a player who can learn and, and figure that stuff out. Mm-hmm. And probably a fair number of these matches on Magic Online are people getting their starting reps in exactly. yeah, with yeah. Inverter. Right. So I do believe that one of the top players with this deck is still going to be having a, a very, very high win percentage. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why I'm still going to want to play this deck this weekend. Yeah. Because I'm going to be ready to play against a main deck, Gideon's Intervention, if mm-hmm. I play this deck. You yeah. know, And all you need is one Brazen Borrower mm-hmm. in your main deck to be able to just pretty easily beat that. Oh, do you have Dig Through Time in your deck to help you find Brazen Borrower yeah, or something kind of like that? Yeah, it's weird. You have this card that just looks through your entire deck. I was So we, we proxied up this deck. We were jamming it downstairs earlier today. Yeah. And I noticed that I played some game ones against Gideon's Intervention, and I just, like, looped through my deck a couple of times. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, if I had one bounce spell, this is trivial yeah. to win. Mm-hmm. But I didn't at the time, and I lost a game that I looped through my deck a couple of times because Gideon's Intervention is very, very good against your deck if you're not prepared for it. <laughs> so you were um, just like, let's try what happens if we have one Yeah, we did, and in this deck? completely turned it around. Wow, yeah. okay. So, right. So I think that, you know, w- once the inverter players start figuring out a little bit, it's going to be much better for them. So. Okay. And I don't know if Brazen Borrower is exactly what you want. It Brazen Borrower feels like a like a card that you're it's you're fine with in the main deck mm-hmm. just because it's so flexible. Um, but I did run a couple of times into the fact like that post board, so it doesn't fuel your digs, which can be annoying. Sure. Also, there were a couple of times where I wanted to flash it back with the Jace mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. couldn't. So I don't know if Brazen Borrower is exactly what I want my bounce spell to be. Uh, like one of like the like the kicker draw card ones. The yeah stuff might yeah. also be pretty good sure so blink of an eye or whatever yeah mm-hmm. is there one that hits both your stuff and their stuff that draws a card with N- kicker no i don't believe so at least not legal and pioneer it might be a modern card. wait wait that like that can hit both of your stuff or that like hits two things at once what do that you... can target either that can target can, blink, can you target your own yeah you can target your own stuff with blink of an eye okay. yeah you can turn your own stuff with blink of an eye okay because that was like a so, thing in Dominant, like returning your own wizards to your hand in, in that draft format okay. was like very good. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, because it's really nice to be able to like feel like you can like flash it back with a Jace or mm-hmm. loop it with your inverter. That was something else that I wanted to do a lot where I was like, you know, man, it would be really nice if I could like blink this thing with a brazen borrower, invert, 
draw a card. Right. The problem with bouncing it and inverting is then they can just yeah. be like 50% Jacer, Thassa's Oracle. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just so like, uh. <laughs> um, So, right. But yeah, so, you know, I think that there's a lot of tools that Inverter gets that is still going to be able to compete with these other decks. But, you know, uh, we should definitely talk about, like, what has been happening on Magic Online. Yeah. This mono-white deck has exploded everywhere. Yeah, it is honestly probably more played in the competitive events than mm-hmm. th- than Inverter. And, oh, and, for sure. And seems yeah. to be having more results. Right. Pioneer Challenge over this weekend, it was the most represented deck, 10 in the top 32. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty extreme, honestly. It is pretty extreme. And I think that that is an indication of the mono-white deck adapting to the Inverter matchup mm-hmm. and these Inverter decks not adapting to the mono-white matchup. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The de- like all of these mono white decks I've seen have two Gideon's interventions in the main. Mm-hmm. That just colds. It just colds game one an inverter player normally, and and then most of these lists. Like if we want to go through these inverter lists, you're just gonna see zero answers to an enchantment. Yeah, I, in the seventy five, no way 75. to answer an onboard yep. Yep. Gideon's intervention. So that that can really do a lot of damage, um, and I think that that has kind of single handedly flopped this matchup and made mono white so powerful yeah and that's not a difficult fix um no you're playing blue cards you can yeah. do whatever you, you can want just do <laughs> yeah. yeah um there's even actually this is probably bad there is like target player sacrifices a creature or target player sacrifices as an enchantment but because these decks also have daxos and heliod mm-hmm. you're that that's not a good solution to farika's farika's libation libation or, or whatever yeah. So you probably it's probably a bounce spell of some type, yeah. Whatever one fits your needs the best, but. yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'm definitely biased a little more towards inverter. Mm-hmm. Well, you that got the reps. Like that's a good start. Yeah, no, for sure. That said, I think that this mono white deck is pretty great. Mm-hmm. And if you if that's a kind of deck that interests you, would definitely recommend playing it. I think that your average inverter player is not going to be quite prepared for mm-hmm. that. Unless they listen to our podcast or join our Patreon, but yeah, yeah, and certainly the the Pete Ingrams etc. of the world are going to come with solutions. You can't just put down intervention and be like, "Gotcha," right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the deck builders are going to have an answer for it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have an answer for it. So. Yeah. So the mono white deck in general has gone back a little bit. And I think it might be because of the inclusion of Gideon's intervention. Almost all of them are running for Arcanist's Owl. Yep. And we saw the the inclusion of Benelish Marshall uh, in the top eight list from the Open and yep. in some some of the paper tournaments and stuff. That's pretty much gone completely. And we're, we're back to a more grindy Arcanist's Owl-based yep. deck. Yeah, I mean, Owl being able to just really dig you towards your like good enchantments mm-hmm. is really important. And that's, you know, that's why, like, the two Gideon's Interventions is so excellent, I think, in the main deck, just because you're, you're you are You can actually them. draw them, yeah. Yeah, you're going to find them. Yeah. So, yeah, like, Al being able to dig into that, or, or also, you just, like, late game don't really have a good answer for them going for the Walking Ballista combo. Mm-hmm. Like, if they have a Heliata on the board, um, and they just, like, have a bunch of mana cast a Walking Ballista, mm-hmm. it can be pretty difficult to try to answer yeah so, so like you know I, I i'm not gonna say that i've like fixed this matchup by adding a bounce spell i think it's still pretty close okay um you just like incidentally died to beat downs pretty frequently mm-hmm. and you know uh sometimes your opponent gets like a couple of stasis snares on the board and then their heliod is forever and indestructible <laughs> five five that's really annoying <laughs> yeah um so, i mean bounce spells can give you a little more yeah like play against that situation too. you get your creature back take their heliot out of combat do some work that way yeah but you know i either way i think the matchup's close yeah so you know can't go wrong with this mono white deck this weekend i think it is Mm -hmm. i think that it has even like overtaken inverter as deck to beat yeah uh, for the time being i think so and and you just have to be very aware of it so i'm not really considering inverter for this weekend um i do not have reps with it the way you do and i don't have the time to get to that point where I, I feel like I would be playing it at close to its at, at close to where it could be. You know, I'd be in that forty nine percent group. Sure. So um, mono white 
is a deck that I've played a little bit, yeah. and I'd be happy to really register good. that this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other deck that I'm considering right now is the mono green deck that has been showing up. I, I'll, I'm i going to be honest, I don't know a lot about this deck. I mean, you know, I know a lot about mono green and pioneer, yep. but it's gone through many, many bands oh, this is, since then. Yeah, so. and this is iteration like seven or eight it, right, Yeah, yeah. I, I think I stopped paying attention like four iterations ago. Right. So I'm going to need to catch up. What I know going in... Is that it's now a Karn deck. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's the main thing. Sure. But so, you know, this is not the ramp decks that we saw at some point with Grazer or whatever. Like, this is a four Nykthos mm-hmm. ramp deck. Four Nykthos to Voyaging Seder. Yeah. Deck. Yeah, we're bringing back Voyaging Seder. That was Love a standard all-star yeah in in the the green devotion decks at least mm-hmm. and you have two combos with your voyaging satyrs and you know there's only two satyrs because it does cost two mana yep but you have two combos with it because you have both nick those and you also have four wolf little havens in the deck all right so you can play a little bit of uh an arbor elf utopia sprawl game but like mm-hmm. appropriately toned down for the pioneer format sure but you know this deck is just a bunch of mana we've got eight elves and two Voyaging Satyrs, and four Wolf Willow Havens, and Nykthos Shrine Nyx. And the payoffs are, we still got Voracious Hydras, because that's just, like, one of the better scaling threat answer split cards. Yeah, it just gets massive very, very quickly. Yep. And then we just have straight-up 12 Planeswalkers. Um, Vivian Arcbow Ranger is a good, like, mid-game thing that just, like, catapults your mana production to insane heights. Nyssa, Who Shakes the World... You know, we the know best five one. mana green planeswalker ever printed. Like, <laughs> yes. th- this is what you want. Right. Um, and then for Karn the Great Creators. Yeah. And so this does a lot. So these sideboards are bad, I think. Okay. They're entirely wish sideboards. They're all either artifacts to get with Karn or creatures to get with Nyssa. Or both. Or both. I think that some of these slots are almost certainly unnecessary. God Pharaoh's statue. This one, this one is actually one of the more necessary ones. Okay. This lets you double up on hate in a combo matchup. Okay. Like you get a, a damping sphere and then you get a God Pharaoh statue and then you'll, you have like a breach deck will never beat you. That makes sense. God Pharaoh statue makes their spells cost two more to cast. Mm-hmm. Um, it is six mana, but you make a lot of mana. Yeah. Um, and so what Karn does is two things. Uh, number one, it is virtually an X spell. We don't have any Walking Ballista's main deck. We have one to get with this Karn if we have enough mana to make Walking Ballista good. Yeah. But, like, Karn is fine at four mana. It's And then as you get more mana, it just, like, scales, basically. Sure. And And you can use up all of your mana as long as you have a Karn. Yeah. It also, you know, shutting down artifacts is not as powerful in Pioneer as it is in Modern, but it does have that utility. But mostly it's just, like, Karn counts as an X spell in this deck and can get things that solve a lot of the problems of the format Mm -hmm. Um, in particular i think you're just like fine against breach now because you can just get hate cards looks like there's a lot of tools in the sideboard here yeah yeah um i do not know how good the inverter matchup could be it does seem like getting your payoff thought seized and get (laughs) like getting your elf fatal push getting a payoff thought seized stumbling a little bit sure like that seems like it could be a way that these games play out a lot yeah i don't know i would have to jam a lot of this matchup yeah i'm about to put this deck together so we can jam it some great it feels like inverter would be yeah pretty well set up because like i'm looking for something in here that like really disrupts the combo like are there any bullets that you can get where an inverter player would be like oh no well, I think that your best bet is like, like an getting an Emrakul. Sure. Yeah. Well, and I think that you do make your mana so quickly mm-hmm. that that isn't an impossible thing. Yeah. the The biggest problem with that for me would be that like Vivian, like you know, you have to put that on suspend for a turn, mm-hmm. right? Vivian, you got to plus play plus yep. next turn do it. That's true. And that's like you know, Inverter certainly doesn't have a lot of ways of. Well, no, scratch that. They have everybody's running three downfalls now. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably one of the reasons that this deck is not as good, even, as sure. it was, is, is if everybody... Because Downfall is so good in the Inverter Mirror, Yeah, you got to be ready for the Inverter Mirror. Probably makes me want to lean a little more towards Mono White, a deck that Downfall is just not that good against. Yeah. Yeah. Very reasonable. But, you know, this deck really does make Nick those work. <laughs> You're going to make a lot of mana with this deck. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It does not do anything to find Nick those though. You know, we don't have Once Upon a Time anymore. We don't have any sort of card drawing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And certainly the eight elves and four wolf willow havens means that you don't have to get Nykthos every time to be doing stuff. Yeah. But... This is going to be, you know, four of broken card in your deck, essentially. Mm -hmm. Where if you... When you do draw it, it gives you massive advantage. Yeah. So... I mean, I guess Jade Light Ranger gets you a couple closer to a Nykthos, but that's, you know... Yeah. Not huge. Yeah. It's not like having four Once Upon a Times in your deck. Yeah. Yeah, this deck would love a once upon a time i mean let me tell you there's a reason that once upon a time is not legal and modern (laughs) and this is one of those this is part of that reason yep but yeah i mean definitely an interesting deck uh we'll have to we'll have to be i mean when you proxy it up i'm sure we'll be jamming it yep yep um i think i'm gonna be running mono white through a league before anything else so we'll see yeah makes sense but yeah Yeah. looks interesting and i'm definitely leaning a little more towards mono white right now just Mm -hmm. you know after you know, thinking about how this matches up toward, against Inverter specifically. Yeah. I do think that this deck has a... It must have a huge edge against Mono White. Sure. You're just really big, and you have four Karns, which stop them from just comboing you out. Once yeah. you even, like, you're, you're, you don't have to be scared of that and close out the game. Yeah. They just, like, can't do it to you. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I would be concerned about the Inverter matchup, happy about the Mono White matchup. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in our testing we'll figure out where we want to, yeah, or what we we can do there. But um, yeah, yeah. May, like you know, maybe there's something I'm missing about the inverter matchup, but it seems pretty bad. It does not seem great on paper, but I think it like hinges on drawing Karn to give you that disruptive step. Yeah, you know, you like grab a crypt that makes their comboing a little more difficult, and then you can do stuff from there. But I mean, it's got a sky sovereign, so I'm just in. Yeah. Yeah. I think your plan is probably to buy time and ultimately emerkel them. Yeah. Which is not the easiest thing in the world, but no. Or you buy a little time and you kill them with Nissa, which is <laughs> one of the easier things in the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nissa, yeah. Nissa is something else. Yeah. We'll see. Definitely worth trying. Um, those really are the only decks that I'm seriously considering right now. Yeah. I mean, spirits a little bit. Yep. Mostly because um, Zan is in our house. Yeah, Zan loves the spirit stack. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and I think that they do have a pretty good mono white matchup. And, you know, they've done a lot of testing on their inverter matchup. So it seems like a fine place to be if they are comfortable in those slots. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, I will say when the mono white deck draws enough removal spells to keep the lords in check. Mm-hmm. Like the... I yeah, I would imagine that post board things become a lot more difficult because yeah. you know I've been like overhearing what Mono White's plan is against spirits, and they just have like eight removal spells mm-hmm. post board. And Arcanist Owl draws all of the removal spells and blocks. Yeah, and blocks. <laughs> you know, you don't want to so... get it spell quellered, but sure, right? Yeah, but I bet you can figure that out. Well, and you can also get it spell quellered and then baffling end the spell queller, and that's or or not baffling end stasis snare. Baffling end doesn't. What does baffling and hit? Doesn't it hit as well? Well, yeah, no, you can totally. It's, it's three or less? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm confusing myself because my brain mixed up the fact that you get a dinosaur when baffling end dies and then, like, somehow translated that into you not getting your spell when you baffling end the spell I queller. See. But nice. No. Okay. Baff- yeah. Baffling end all the spell quotes yeah. you want. That's, it's, it's good. I love a good, confusing logic loop. Yes. <laughs> Those hit me all the time. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, that's not how this works. It's, <laughs> it's totally great. Kill all the spell callers you want. Where did Sultai go? Sultai is dead. Sultai is is dead just because they can't be mono white. Completely gone. See, and you know, I heard so many conflicting things about that matchup. I'm pretty sure white crushes Sultai. I can't. It can't be true that white just like demolishes it because enough people were like Sultai is favored against it, which I don't think is true. But they at least thought that, which meant that they couldn't be just like losing eighty percent of their matches or whatever. So, but I, I well, do who think... who's telling us that? That's what I, right. that's what I want to know. Right. Is it, was it some Sultai players? Probably. Because, <laughs> yeah. People love their decks. People love their decks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think probably Mono White had a hand in that. And honestly, a big part of that seems to just be the fact that they have removal spells that kill Uro. And yeah. Sultai loses a lot of its ability to just, like, play the game that it wants to play. This player has main deck rest in peace. Wow, this player does have main deck rest in so, peace. So, you know... That's game. Speaking of beating up on Sultai... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know what? All of these decks at least have it in the board. Yeah. And that's a huge problem for Sultai. Right. Yeah, I would imagine that a lot of their uh, win percentage comes from post-board. 
Yeah. Because Sultai is like adjusting its stuff a little bit, but Mono White really gets to do some powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Including potentially and, Elspeth conquers death. And Gideon's intervention yeah. on Yeah, Uro. that's true. The main deck Gideon's intervention on Uro is That's rough. That's rough. You can't yeah. abrupt decay it. Like you would have to have trophies and yeah. that card's not great. Or Sultai Charm. Or Sultai Charm. Yeah. 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 So that's that's probably a big contributor here. And then, you know, it's not favored against Inverter. Yeah. So yeah. like why would you be playing it, I guess? And you're not going to outgrind this, like, 12 Planeswalker. it's sweet. Yeah, you're playing it because it's sweet, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think it matches I, At least up. that's why the Canadians played it. Though. Right. So, and, and you're certainly not outgrinding this, like, Nykthos 12 Planeswalker deck. No. Uro's good, but this is not the game that, that Uro right. wants to play. Yeah. Yep. So, it makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, definitely hard recommend against Sultai this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I think... You know, there's like the top two decks, Mono White and Inverter, and then some consideration for Spirits mm -hmm. and Mono Green. Yep. I'll have to, I don't really know what I think about Mono Green yet. Um, I'll have to take a look at it. But it, I don't know, the format feels pretty small right now. It does feel pretty small. I mean, it feels particularly small when we're looking at this particular challenge. Yeah. The, the metagame focused, like narrowed to a point for mm -hmm. this particular challenge. Yeah and just just honestly just the three decks yeah like if we look at like, i honestly i'm gonna take this moment to say that i really like that we're seeing pioneer preliminary or just like any format preliminary results because mm -hmm. this gives you a much better idea of what is having success in a format if you can look at like the past like four or five preliminaries mm -hmm. and see consistently which decks are five owing and stuff. Yep. It gives you like a little bit of data, whereas the other way of posting magic online deck lists of so from leagues does yeah. give you, it gives you no data to, so. to give everyone some context for this. I just scrolled yeah. past like five leagues to click the last pioneer preliminary because right. Yeah. Cause the leagues are, it's just not information. It's right. like, yeah. So, but being able to look at the pioneer stuff, uh, or sorry, the preliminary stuff, it's, you know, it's nice to have this just kind of like, yeah, as, as somebody who likes to take in information and digest it and crunch it, um, it's cool. Right, right. And probably at some point we need to put together like a tool or something that like puts these into a spreadsheet or something mm -hmm. and, and deals with the data That's rather cool. than just clicking it each time. Like it would be really nice to see like the development of the prelims over time just yeah. like if you could like scroll a bar and it just shows you which decks are be are represented or whatever yeah. in each tournament that's beyond my extremely limited coding ability yeah but sure somebody yeah. can put that together yeah shout out to all our listeners anybody <laughs> yeah. who's, you know, anybody's just got a bunch of savvy. free time on their hand and yeah you know wants to do some nonsense which is, you know, these prelims are relatively this small. Rupert, I'm so curious. It's, it's. I'm you're you you're going to be surprised it. at what this is. Oh, <laughs> I know. No. Yeah, there's a deck listed as white, blue, black, red on Goldfish, which is usually shorthand yeah. for like this is going to be something. But right. this is just. I was so curious that I interrupted you during our podcast this to is, get you to click on it. This is <laughs> just in soul splashing all that glitters in it. So, I am disappointed. Yep. Oh. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> off of Powerhouse Springleaf Drum. You hate to see it. Yeah. Continue yeah. to recommend against playing Springleaf Drum in your... Yeah. In your... Uh, I don't know if you've heard, decks. but not only was uh, Mox Opal banned from Modern <laughs> to make your <laughs> Springleaf Drums unplayable, but it was just never legal in this format. So, like, why? <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. So, yeah, this list, it takes out... The three mana guide that insoles and kind of replaces it with all that glitters. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, you have to run Springleaf Drum, and then its mana bases for Mana Confluence, for Spire of Industry, for Ether Hub. And the three mana guide that insoled was just fine. Yeah, it's just not even that bad. Yeah. So. I I mean, all that glitters is it's very powerful. It's pretty good. I could see this, something like this. I mean, five out of preliminary. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Can't be that bad. I, I do think that you get a lot of bad Springleaf Drum hands, yeah. though. And that's that's the cost. It has my favorite combo, maybe in Magic right now. 
Only one Emery, though. Yeah. And <laughs> Emery plus Hope of Gearper yeah. is just my favorite thing to do to somebody in Magic. This deck does not lean too far into it. It's one got Emery, one Emery and two hopes. two hopes. So it could happen. Could happen. Yeah. I guess my other problem here is that you have the four Springlave drums, but then you've cut a bunch of your insole effects for all the glitters, which you can't put on a, put spring, on a spring leaf drum. drum. Yeah. So, yeah, a little bit of, like, cross-purposes here. Right. Yeah. But, you know, anyways. Yeah. That's, so that's Pioneer. I think we, we covered it pretty well. Well, yeah, and it was so quick just because there aren't very many decks no. that are... And, and I'm not going to have a lot of time to play Pioneer decks right now. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to get a couple of leagues in and have to lock something in pretty soon. So it feels kind of nice to me that I don't have just a whole bunch of decks that I need to give a shot to. But yeah, uh, just not a ton of things. Uh, we spent a fair amount of time shit-talking Breach and Modern. Um, and it's also just <laughs> the inverted matchup is too bad. You, you, just, you just can't play it if they've got Damping Spheres in their sideboard and a million ways to dig for Narset and Damping Sphere. So, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't, yeah. I don't really have anything else to say about Pioneer. We got We got to play some more. And yeah, I, you know, we're, we're kind of just getting started mm -hmm. on the format. We're jumping in at what we've covered. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, are there any other topics we were going to talk about? We talked about regionals. We talked about no. I think we've Pioneer pretty much covered it. Nice, efficient episode. Um, if anyone oh, we didn't talk about any of the other bands, but. Oh, yeah. I guess we can talk about briefly. I mean, Breach... Well, there are two formats that they posted on there that I just don't know what they are. Yeah, well, okay, so let's talk about that, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the first thing on the announcement is historic. Yeah. Some cards got moved from suspended to banned. Okay, so I have a lot of questions. Number one, what's historic? What is historic? Number two, what does suspended mean? Uh, and number three, how are they moving it from suspended to banned and justifying that by saying these have been causing problems? Like, if they're suspended, doesn't that mean they, they weren't in the format? Yeah. So, okay. So, historic <laughs> is the made-up arena format that doesn't actually exist, but yeah. they pretend exists so yeah. they can say that your cards didn't disappear when they rotated out of standard. Okay. But the truth is, your cards disappeared when they rotated out of standard. Yeah. So. Great. They have to pretend that this is a format, okay, and which means they have to manage it for the like, you know, couple of dozen people who actually play it, despite Wizards not having given any incentive to play it whatsoever, oh, and no. mostly not allowing you to play it sure. because like ranked is only available during certain times, and there's not a historic ranked. There, it's just ranked, and sometimes you can choose to play historic, you know. Because there's there's like two leaderboards, right? There's right. There's limited, constructed, constructed, and limited, and both historic and standard contribute to your constructed. Uh, I I don't I I, I believe that's how it works because you just have a constructed leaderboard. That's kind of lame. Yeah, um, but most of the time you cannot play historic ranked. It's only when they okay. have like made it a thing, um, and you know like we're not going to put time into. Learning historic. Yeah, let me know when the order to compete on the leaderboard. Yeah, and also isn't just like wouldn't uh, Kethis just be completely broken in that format? I've heard that Kethis is the best deck. Okay, but well, that's cool. Yeah. So I guess if you want to play Kethis, yeah. I mean, I might just be completely wrong, but sure. who knows? Yeah, and so they did this thing where they said, "Hey, we're rather than just having a ban list for historic, what we're going to do is we're going to suspend cards." And then there'll be like a date that they, it seems like there there's a date that they then come off of the suspended list and either get permanently banned or get to be legal again, mm -hmm. because it looks like Field of the Dead now is legal again mm -hmm. in Historic, sure. which seems like a problem potentially, but <laughs> okay. who knows. But it, it just feels like they're doing a bunch of management of this format and like pretending it's a thing in just like... The worst way. The, all they're doing is, like, creating a banned and restricted list and, like, putting effort into that and also, like, putting cards directly into the format that are not... That are just, like, a bizarre collection of cards, most of them not Pioneer legal, so they're clearly not, like, aimed at the goal of putting all of Pioneer onto Arena. They're just, like, cultivating this made-up format that you can't play 
anywhere for any reason and it just it seems really goofy and it's so transparent and honestly kind of insulting that it still exists and chris is mad about it yeah well (laughs) we can't i I put all this money and time grinding into arena unlocked all of these cards and they really are just gone forever cool like the creation of historic was sort of like the the it, it was already on its last legs when they created it because they created it with no support and no like tournaments or anything like that and no no path to bring it to paper. Mm-hmm. And then they the announcement of Pioneer just killed it off entirely. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The wouldn't it have been cool if Pioneer was just like you know if Pioneer and Historic were the same thing? Yeah, like it seems really obvious. That would have been sweet, but. You know, I guess they just have different incentives at work here, and yeah. they didn't want to do that. Very different. So, because one is designed for arena exclusively, and the other one is seems like it's more designed for paper collectors. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it was. It did. I mean, it did a really good job at boosting the value of a lot of bulk cards. So, yeah. yeah. If that was their goal, they certainly succeeded. I don't really know why that would be the goal of Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, but. Yeah, just well, they're they're intermingled. I'm sure more than we think, but yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, so you know, aside from those weird formats, right. Legacy got a ban, <laughs> right? I, I think a and that pretty, was good, pretty good ban. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was certainly necessary. Uh, Underworld Breach, uh, you know, certainly more powerful. The more cards you have access to, they had access to. Let's see, Lion's Eye Diamond. Lotus Petal. Lotus Petal just, like, is Lion's Eye Diamond when you have Underworld Breach. Yeah, Yeah, because with... uh, Brain Brain Freeze. Freeze. Yeah, Brain Freeze was just the end-all be-all of that, because you just, like, have two mana deck yourself. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty good with with Underworld Breach. It's not not bad. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, kind of wild. But there you have it. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, like, you know, you've got the joke that's like, haha, I can veil of some of your tendrils and really screw up your storm turn mm-hmm. but here you brain freeze them for 60 and they veil of summer it and then if you if you left yourself well well i guess that well no because you probably have another brain freeze in your graveyard so you just respond to the veil with your other brain freeze and you just kill them in response to their veil yeah so, likely likely that's how it's gonna happen yeah but uh in my experience most of the time you actually just before any of this happens, cast silence. So you'll yep. know. <laughs> just silence. You'll know if there's a heads up. Uh, you know, because if, yeah. if they respond to that with the thing, you can wait or you can, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever. Yeah. You play your own force wills. You can force it. If you're deep in your graveyard and you've like done all your stuff, you have too you many have resources. Force of will in your graveyard. Yeah. You just you like just at that point, it doesn't matter what's going on, and and very frequently before any of this happens, you've cast a silence. Yeah. <laughs> it's nonsense yeah, yeah. Um, no the deck is the deck is totally nonsense oh and they play oracles in alternate win con thanks so. too many I, I, too I, many I, options i don't to, really know <laughs> yeah it's it's but, just right yeah. the more cards you have the more bunkers breaches eventually modern is going to hit the point where breach is too good I oh bo- and it's true that i have i have also seen them just bolt oh, them just lotus petal bolt them <laughs> yeah yeah you know, you know, my deck's in my graveyard, got some bolts. Yeah. Just cast it like four times. Yeah. You're dead. Yeah. Yeah, they did. I do. I love on. me an Orem's chant. I love me. Yeah, an it's been a little while since yeah. this was like the thing. Right. But haven't Scepter chanted anyone in a very long time. <laughs> you don't get to play anymore. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And with the existence of Teferi, like that's a real real lock now yeah you, you could really scepter chant somebody if you if yeah. you wanted to do that um you know it's close to my favorite combo of all time mm-hmm. emery hope mm-hmm. <laughs> emery hope to fairy is just the lock that that's is, it that's true You're done orm's chant though <laughs> yeah. they can have any number of creatures in play and it doesn't matter either uh, yeah love to hear it <laughs> so but yeah kind of a silly deck you know definitely not good for legacy yeah but, yeah and and um but you know Rest in peace, Legacy. <laughs> this is the fastest ban that Legacy has ever had, except for Flash being errated back to original wording and then mm-hmm. getting banned. Yep. I think that's the only one that's faster than this one. Yeah, I did see that statistic. I think Honorog posted it, mm-hmm. or maybe it was... Yeah, I think it, one, Yeah, one of the Legacy guys tweeted that, mm-hmm. and 
uh, kind of shocking, but certainly it makes sense to me. The people who know about the format and played a bunch of this deck were pretty unanimous in their understanding and that like this deck is just too good and can't be allowed to exist. So yep. good ban, but like why, uh, why did they print Underworld Breach? Right. It just doesn't make any sense. So that's our legacy talk. Probably yep. the last for a while. For a, we'll I mean, go, we'll go cry a yeah, little bit. <laughs> until something else gets banned in Legacy. Yeah, which... yeah. And, and I think eventually, it, like, if Legacy is going to trend as it is right now, where it just gets no support anywhere, mm-hmm. I think that their focus on it is going to trend downward. Right. But, but you know, Ikoria is coming out soon, and that's a set in 2020. And so that means... Probably going to have some bonkers stuff in it. Yep excited yeah <laughs> i'm so nervous um yeah so all right well yeah anything else mm, i don't think so i don't have anything cool i think that's that's it for me as well all right well thanks everybody so much for listening chat thank you for hanging out um if you would like to join us you can watch the podcast live tuesdays at 7 30 on twitch.tv slash collinsmullen that's 7 30 eastern standard time i know we have a lot of listeners in far flung corners of the globe so true um, if you want to find us online you can find us at mtggrindcast.com if you'd like to lend us some support we would really really appreciate it you can head over to patreon.com slash mtggrindcast and get a play mat get you know pins tokens we even have t-shirts and stuff now so yeah uh, sign up for whatever tier you want and we will get stuff to you we really do appreciate everybody who does support us um also if you are a fan of youtube mm-hmm. i've started releasing youtube videos yeah. at least one a week i just had one come out today mm-hmm. i recommend you check that out at um youtube.com slash team lotus box yeah a lot of like really in-depth explanation of your thought processes and yeah i you know i really try to go through just like everything that runs through my mind and all the decisions i'm making and why Mm -hmm. um i've been working really hard to edit them to make magic online viewable (laughs) um and 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 you've gone back in and added like narration in spots where where you you have more to to say right so really trying to go in depth on just like so if you're you know if if like your in-game theory is something that you want to if you want to work on um hopefully it helps with that yeah yeah definitely so i i recommend them and if you want to find us on social media i'm tweeting from at ccr underscore grindcast the podcast is at mtg underscore grindcast collins is also on twitter at collins that's all i got thanks everybody so much for listening and have a great week peace